0: night on Unsolved Mysteries, Kidnapped Executive, Hanson Twin Murder, and NATO Soldier's Dad.
1: Hi, I'm your co-host Crystal. And I am your other co-host Robert. This is Reenacted, an Unsolved Mysteries podcast. And Crystal, before we started recording today, as I was hurriedly trying to scarf down an entire pizza, uh, you mentioned that uh, you might have something to to mention uh, right at this this very beginning. Was this cybermail or real mail?
0: This is cybermail, also known as email.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, of course.
0: Um, we got a letter from purple worm
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh our possibly only fan in australia the uh our podcast statistics suggest otherwise his real name is james yes. last name withheld um he got our package that you sent him and he got it a while ago
1: that's fantastic So he uh he
0: he reached out a couple of days ago hey james and um he used a word uh, then I'm not familiar with in this letter that he sent us, but maybe maybe you'll know. Um, so I'm going to uh, here's the thing. James sent us some lovely pictures of a uh, local. Uh, you know, a couple months ago we had brought up. Um, you know, what does the American section in uh England or Australia supermarket? What does that look like? Is it just a bunch of peanut butter and Doritos? Like, what is that? Mm-hmm um and so james actually very helpfully he was at uh, a presumably local supermarket to him and he sent us some pictures and uh, it's about what you would expect i don't think there's you know it's just a bunch of just a bunch of shit you know
1: sounds american Uh, to me
0: (laughs) right but uh to my point um about him using a word i did not know so uh i guess you sent him an airplane promo pic which is also what we sent everyone else that's on our patreon also hint 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 this is a perk of being a patreon of ours is robbie will send send you things uh from time to time and he so this is what james says he says i've added the airplane exclamation point promo pick to my Wondercommer. Wondercommer. wonder
1: Wondercomer. wonder wonder Calmer.
0: Calmer. Okay, let me spell that for you. It's W-U-N-D-E-R-K-A-M-M-E-R. I've never seen this term used before. Um, as an aside, he says, for reasons that defy explanation, airplane exclamation point was really released as flying high here in Australia.
1: That's not a knife. That's a knife. Flying high. Yeah, that's not the most inappropriate thing you could rename that film. I one one can you res can you Wondercomer. Sp- Wondercomer.
0: W-U-N-D-E-R-K-M-M-E-R. wonder wonder camera w u n d e r k m m e r
1: wonder camera.
0: And so the photo uh, that I will that has been sent to us, it looks like um sort of like a little corner of James's house. Mm-hmm. It's got a bunch of nerd shit in it, which is to say that uh, I am sitting in a wonder <laughs> uh right now recording because i have all my little uh unsolved mysteries accoutrement and some legos and star trekky things my entire Um,
1: life is a wondercomer so yeah
0: yeah my den is a wondercomer but he's you know it's a corner of uh let's see what he's got and here's we've got a very you know the picture from airplane and some uh looks like some stills from hellboy the comic okay uh if i if I am i getting this right james there's a bunch of lord of the rings slash game of thrones slash doctor who type things mm-hmm. so it, it seems like this is like trans uh trans genre uh, maybe wonder means like cu- curio cabinet
1: perhaps i feel like it seems like this word is german right
0: yeah, it's definitely gotta be German. Yeah.
1: Right. Considering the way that Germans German words for things, how they're constructed, it wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me if this if this word essentially mm-hmm. in German just translates to you know fantastic corner.
0: yeah i mean yeah. it looks like a pretty fantastic corner it sounds like one corner. to me and
1: i haven't even seen the picture
0: yeah i should have sent this to you a couple days ago i just kind of forgot about it until we were getting ready to record um okay so here's the other thing that james mentions now robbie you had sent uh you had sent james a taco bell coupon <laughs> is this correct
1: <laughs> a, 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 yes a, a gift card i i
0: yes the gift card yeah. great okay so get this he says in a strange cosmic coincidence the first taco bell in western australia opened just down the road from me back in september i hope i'm not doxing you james because if it's the only one in western australia and it's down the road from you i've probably narrowed it down to a pretty specific location <laughs> uh people leave james alone uh and he says i rather suspect the voucher won't be accepted australian brand, in parentheses uh, australian branches of american fast food franchises tend to be standalone companies that pay a license fee to use the branding he says but i'm tempted to try anyway just to confuse people well james i certainly hope that they accept the taco bell coupon or gift card whatever it is that we sent him i cannot believe that that happened at the same time around the same time he uh, received
1: that's that. that's fantastic i I mean, that that, I mean, that makes that makes sending off that package worth it just for that. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Sorry, James, if I just told everyone that listens to this exactly what corner of Australia you live in.
1: Well, Western Australia um, Australia's is a big
0: country. And, yeah. uh, you know,
1: and, and if you look at a map sure like w- Western Australia is like like the whole Western third of the country. So.
0: Yeah. But I mean, people can figure out where the one and only Taco Bell is. I'm not saying do uh, that. Don't. Yeah, do yeah. That. No,
1: don't. Don't do that. Let's move on to another topic before we start planning ideas in <laughs> our audience's head.
0: Should we talk about Unsolved Mysteries season six, episode eight?
1: We get another um, incompetent criminal segment. Mm-hmm. I feel like we mm-hmm. really haven't gotten a true, truly one of these. Since our old friend Fumbles back in Florida, and that was yep. a while ago.
0: Fumbles the bank robber,
1: and you know what the thing is—not to spoil anything—but by the end of this segment, Fumble Fumbles looks like the freaking Joker from the Dark Knight films. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> compared to this guy. Um, yeah, yeah. This uh, this the reenactment starts out with some you know cars on the street, and you're sort of following a uh, guy uh I the man's name is Gr- Grondhofer? Um, yeah,
0: Rondhofer. R- yeah. Rond
1: Grondhofer. Hoffler? It it seems like it
0: John Grundhofer. <laughs> I swear people we've not been drinking. We're just this bad at this.
1: We're really it's bad John at John Grundhofer. We're bad we're bad at dramatic Germanic names. Sorry. wonderkammer We get a um thing of him uh reenactment of him pointing up into his uh parking garage at the I didn't quite catch where he worked at was it a bank I just assumed it was a bank
0: he's only described as far as I know as a wealthy business executive
1: okay so it's generic business <laughs> yeah it could
0: be it could be real estate who knows yeah who knows
1: yeah you know he, basically he goes into an office he wears a suit and tie he he answers calls. He puts the phone down, back on the receiver. He shuffles some papers around. And that's kind yeah. of that's kind of the extent to which I understand business related matters.
0: Yeah, I think you got it.
1: Yeah, but yeah. yes. So as the uh, person portraying him uh, steps out of his car in the reenactment, we get a, a sort of large man. Uh, Unsolved mysteries takes the editorial sort of ground of just saying he's fat um he's wearing this a...
0: uh well they don't they don't actually say fat
1: they might they say
0: well. overweight <laughs> but yeah they basically it's even in the intro to the show so the little teaser that stacked as the beginning of every episode he's just like look at this fucking fat idiot trying to do a crime <laughs> basically
1: yeah yeah <laughs> it's
0: the tone of this and it's like
1: um and he okay and even when he's delivering that line like and but the thing is is this is incompetence only made him more dangerous but like even stack doesn't seem like he can believe what he's saying there so yeah yeah
0: i mean i mean i think everyone knows when you get to be a certain weight the fat in in your body leaks into your brain and makes you dumber because that seems to be the implication (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, I think everyone knows that's how it works.
1: Right, right, right. I, I um, uh, you know, I that sounds. I mean, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a <sighs> biological scientist, but that sounds.
0: Yeah, and I'm no, nutri- I'm no nutrition nutrici- re- nutrition
1: yeah. nutritionist. Yeah,
0: I'm not that. Um, I'm just. This is just science. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So this this gentleman of generous proportions is wearing a trench coat with.
0: He's like not that big though. He's like,
1: <laughs> he's not.
0: He's not as big as you want him to be. No. Given how much it's played up in the narration. Yeah. And uh,
1: but yeah. but he's wearing a trench coat and he's got a what kind of hat was that again? And they. um
0: It was like a kind of like a bucket hat. Yeah. Sort of.
1: Yeah, and he's wa- yeah. wearing glasses and he sort of approaches and he's like hey you gotta come with me and he's he's trying to sound menacing and i feel like yeah. the sort of <laughs> the sort of implication unsolved mysteries was giving was that he appears so comically uh, goofy that the person that uh-huh. he's trying to kidnap at first didn't take him seriously like yeah. he's like yeah i got you know i gotta go inside i got real business <laughs> to attend to and it is until our our kidnapper pulls out a a gun, and I guess you know at that point, like he starts to get taken semi seriously, but only to the point where the um, uh, John was the what's called what's called yeah. John John or, John or Jack John yeah. or Jack, Jack. The I'm not yeah not calling him mr Grondhofer. Grundhofer.
0: yeah Grundhoffer. Grondhofer.
1: wonder he tries to he tries to wrestle the gun out of the guy's hand and mm-hmm. you know they both of them being middle-aged men the eyewitness uh-huh. to the event said that it kind of just like from his perspective he didn't see a fight to the you know life or death yeah, fight. It just looked like there was a couple of middle-aged men grappling at each other on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and they went walking over, you know, to see like, hey, what what's going on? And they they get up halfway through, I guess the implication is that the kidnapper whispered something, like got the gun in, in John's back and whispered something like, you know, be smart. And so they, said they, the, the eyewitnesses account is that they sort of they both stand up as if they're trying to act like oh you know it's nothing yeah nothing suspicious going on here but then the kidnapper then immediately brandishes the gun at the eyewitness um right so i'm not i'm not sure how that was supposed to play but yeah so the eyewitness goes scurrying off and the kidnapper gets john to go into his uh, car with him um and he makes this very. I had I felt like John had to have believed that like it was, at its heart, it was a bluff. The kidnapper handcuffs him to like a, a few sticks of dynamite. Yeah, and the ha- and the kidnapper's like, all I have to do is push this button, and you'll blow up. And it was like.
0: What do you want to bet they were just like toilet paper rolls stuffed with like, you know, gunpowder
1: or something? I mean, even that would be, I just, I just feel like, because I didn't see any sort of device truly attached to these. Right. So it's like how, I mean, I feel like the reenact the actor portraying our, our, our businessman, he does a pretty good job of looking at this and like, really you're going to insult my intelligence (laughs) right with this and we we also have a a neat little side detail that apparently the kidnapper had written down his a a, a cheat sheet for his kidnapping (laughs) in case he forgot to do things like tell tell the tell john to get into the car (laughs) i think that was one of the instructions yeah, he left
0: crib notes for a ki- for a kidnapping it's pretty wild yeah uh
1: it was found yeah. by some other businessman on his way to a business type thing in the parking garage um and so the kidnapper he makes john drive out into the middle of nowhere just you know some farm country looking like place and he it was interesting was like he was asking Asking him, like, what happens if you you don't come into work? John's like, uh, I guess one of the vice presidents is going to,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: is uh, is, is going to do, do that. He's like, and then the kidnapper, then he reveals that he knows the identity of one of the, uh, one of the vice presidents. He's like, is that is that going to be Steve Taylor? I guess the implication was that he did his homework beforehand, which I feel like is a strange thing for Unsolved Mysteries to imply, seeing as how he had to bring G- right. <laughs> crib notes to. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Yeah, I don't know what the implication is here, other than he may have been in the building before. Like maybe he's walked around and saw like names on doors or something. Perhaps. In the office building.
1: Though I feel like the way they had the kidnapper say Steve Taylor it implied like like some sort of disgusted um disgusted familiarity in his voice. Uh not too dis- yeah. not too dissimilar from uh you've seen the movie Office Space, I assume, of course.
0: Of course. Yeah.
1: And you know when the main character whenever he talks about Lundberg just like yeah. just like the 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 the, the disdain yeah. in his voice. I feel like the kidnapper is is say ha, has that same feeling about the this whoever this you know this vice president of whatever um anyway so he makes his uh his kidnap victim call in and be like oh you know i've been kidnapped and da 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 and, you know i i need you know 3 million dollars or i think it was 3 million to to to, or for him to let me go and you know it gives the typical sort of ransom money instructions but what 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 i found amusing was uh the kidnapper is rummaging through his bag and he can't find his crib notes and he like
0: yeah that's when he knew he fucked up yeah it was then mm-hmm.
1: and he like he even goes so far as to sort of mildly accuse his victim of like did you did you pick up a piece of paper with some <laughs> instructions on it <laughs> it's like dude don't don't try to put yeah. put your your second rate kidnapping you know problems onto this guy's head right yeah so they um
0: Well, oh. one of the things i thought and unsolved mysteries points this out is during the phone call he's like listing the denominations he wants the oh, ransom money yeah. in, <laughs> and he's asking for like a thousand dollar bills and it's like <laughs> no dude what are you the fuck are you gonna do with that are you gonna go to the 7 yeah see if they're gonna break that for you like come on the, like come on now
1: yeah even if he got s- come on now right right no no you're 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 exactly spot on i mean and not to mention that, like I imagine, most individuals working at a place, when they would be, if they were handed a, a note like that, they would probably yeah. be like, "Is this one of those novelty joke?"
0: Right. Exactly. Because because
1: they've never odds are they've never even you know seen a thousand dollar bill because it's right. such a well.
0: I mean, have you ever tried to break a hundred anywhere in your entire life? Do you know what a
1: pain in the ass that is, Crystal? When I was last in L.A. for your wedding, which was very nice mm-hmm. again. Uh, thank you for inviting me.
0: Oh, no. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Uh,
1: I stopped on the way to the uh, when I was leaving on the way to LAX because I was, was having that thing where you, you, know, you get stuff coming up your throat and it kind of burns. And so I
0: um, acid reflux. At,
1: oh, oh, OK. That's acid reflux. Uh, yeah. 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 So
0: I live I live with that monster uh very frequently. So
1: I'm sorry. Well, yeah. So it I, sucks. yeah, yeah, I so I stopped at a convenience store to to get some, you know, some dairy something or ever mm-hmm. to just, you know, yeah. soothe that away, you know, cancel out mm-hmm. whatever cuz but what, dairy's a base, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah.
1: And then so it'll it'll counteract the acid, and, but you know, so I went in there. Uh, you know, I got got a couple of items that 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 would do the trick, and the clerk did did not want to cat did not want to break a ten dollar bill. So you didn't want to break a ten? No. <laughs> okay. It's like, do you have anything smaller? It's
0: like than a ten.
1: Yes. <laughs> I swear to God, this happened.
0: Oh my God!
1: I, though actually,
0: I've had trouble with twenty dollar bills before. Yeah, but a ten,
1: a ten. Yeah, I mean that—that that right. was the thing. Like that's what had me gobsmacked. Like if if I had been trying to break a twenty, I uh-huh. I would not have been as shocked. Mm. Right? Because I'm just like you know because. I've 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 encountered I've been to places that have twenty breaking hesitancy or T B D no T B H yeah now to be honest I I I, I really <laughs> didn't think that acronym out um, that's okay yeah. but a ten and so I just like stood there for a few moments and. Pulled out my debit card because I really needed this dairy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and just all the while, like. So but your response also sort of answers something, because I was sort of in my head thinking like, well. This isn't, you know, this isn't some cow town like Dayton. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe in L.A., like it's just it's expected that you're not going to be able to break a 10 at a convenience store
0: no that's not expected (laughs) that's insane (laughs) i mean most places are like yeah they won't break anything above a 20 yeah but
1: uh and uh, and that's reasonable uh but yeah yeah so
0: you know i had i had a similar experience traveling through mexico whereas uh whenever you pull things out of an atm it gives you mostly large denominations, which is, I think, you know, it gives you the equivalent of American twenty, which is about five hundred pesos. Okay. And every time I pull, I pulled out that five hundred dollar bill. People, like everyone, was like, "Jesus Christ, seriously!" <laughs> I'm like, "This is all the ATM gave me. Like, what? Do you, where? Where's the magical break the five hundred peso place that I'm supposed to go to?" Yeah. You know, it was a real problem. Like no one wanted to do it. They were like, do You have anything smaller? So I was like, No. Also you you guys go to the same ATM I'm using. Right. How do you f- fix this problem? Yeah,
1: exactly. I, I do how many things
0: I didn't go to the special American tourist ATM i to a regular <laughs> Mexican bank. who went to the ATM. <laughs> gave me and everybody else the same five hundred peso bills. I didn't understand what was going on. It was just—it was a major problem.
1: Um, How? When you run into that situation, you're kind of like, mm-hmm. uh, depending on what your cash flow is at the moment, you, you often find yourself mm-hmm. like wanting to just ask the clerk, "How many additional things do I need to buy?"
0: <laughs> yeah. So
1: you, that you will accept this twenty dollar yeah. bill.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Like like if my total was you know 1543 would 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 that be acceptable? Yeah. Yeah. Uh very very interesting. Glad So,
0: which which is to which is to say this kidnapper in 1990. In
1: 1990?
0: in minneapolis minnesota asking for five hundred thousand, like i feel like it was even a movie trope back in the 80s when you would kidnap somebody or ask for ransom or rob a bank or whatever you always want small unmarked bills that's always it's like a trope you always it's been in every movie like how did this guy not know they
1: they explicitly stated in the films yeah it's just he's just asking for trouble trying to trying to wave those thousand dollar bills around i ran into some trouble Few years ago, um, I had a, like a handful of the uh, Sacagawea dollars, or maybe, uh li- or maybe lately, like they, they they have a variation of those. Only it's with U.S. presidents, but it's the same coin. Um, mm-hmm. and I try, <laughs> I went somewhere to buy something. To I, by now the details I can't recall where, but it's not important. What, who matters is that the very, uh, very polite uh, young person working at the counter, like, I hand them these coins, and they just look down at them with an expression that clearly demonstrated that they'd never seen them before in their life. So they're like, Mm -hmm. just a moment, and they call their manager over. (laughs) It's like, um, you know, kind of just holding the, the handful of coins out to them, like, with a facial expression that just Seems to sort of convey like, you fix, and the the mm-hmm. manager's like, yeah, it's fine. Those are, each of those is a dollar, and the clerk yeah. was like, oh. like he just, I mean, he accepted that as 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 an answer and and believed you know yeah. it's like well that must be true. He's just like this, but this is so bizarre. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this kidnapper is is way out of his league um Mm -hmm. and and so after making the phone call and accusing his victim of trying to steal his crib notes he leads him on a walk through the woods down a hill or into a ravine or something apparently having to stop more than once for a breather break
0: yeah
1: you know and when i heard that i was like you know if it wasn't for the gun I feel like John could just run away <laughs> at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what's the, what's the guy going to do? But anyway, no, he, he, he goes along with it. They eventually reach a point where there's a trash bag that's been attached to a tree and inside is a sleeping bag. And the kidnapper does a very poor job of tiny, tying John's hands behind his back. um, mm-hmm with uh, some sort of nylon wire or rope or something. And mm-hmm. then proceeds to like stuff him into the sleeping bag, I guess, you know, zip mm-hmm. it up. And I, I guess he figured, Oh, with his, you know, hands tied behind his back, and you know he's in a sleeping bag how's how's he going to get out (laughs) and he he hurries off i guess to go collect his money john Mm -hmm. unsolved mysteries mentions that john then proceeded to just spend the next 20 minutes undoing the rope and Mm -hmm. you know then easily getting out of the sleeping bag and when he was convinced no one was looking he escaped Immediately made it to a farmhouse, gave a call to the bank. It was like, don't give him the money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And yeah, so this kidnapper for all of his. mm, Subpar efforts did not get anything. And we have a a neat little uh, second bit of this segment, which is. Uh, they they describe the composite sketch that they did of the kidnapper uh, mm-hmm. makes him look like a very weathered old man with glasses and a hat who looks like he's about ready to go fishing. Mm-hmm. And I guess some people like when this sketch got distributed, some people called in and identified a uh, guy named John Henderson was a maintenance guy mm-hmm. somewhere as the kidnapper. Mm-hmm. And we get a reenactment of the authority showing up to his place to sort of, you know, ask some questions and look around. And I always felt even as a kid, when I had watched unsolved mysteries, that there was a bit of a editorial spin that goes on sometimes with the casting choices, because mm-hmm. the person that they hired to portray john henderson in the reenactment is clearly a different person than the kidnapper so it's like oh Mm -hmm. okay unsolved mysteries is telling us he's innocent (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah 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 um yeah john john henderson not john Grunhoffer, was yeah the maintenance man and he they interview him and, uh, you know, there's a reenactment. You yeah, have the FBI coming to his door and, and all that. And John, John Henderson says, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. I so said, go ahead, go take a look around now. Listen, this, they kind of blow past this because John Henderson is eventually after a grand jury and spending time being, in, uh, you know, he had to do a polygraph test and go do a lineup where, uh, John Grunhofer identified him as a kidnapper, but then the other witness, uh from the parking garage said no that's not the guy um i mean all of this is starting to sound really sus but one thing i wanted to point out is if hey the fbi ever comes to your door and says hey can we take a a look around your first question should be may i see the warrant um and then your second question is if they don't have a warrant is what you know go get one that's not a question And I don't care if you have nothing to hide. I I swear to God, people, you have a constitutional right. Use it while you still have it. No unlawful search and seizure. They better have a fucking warrant before you let them in your house. I don't care if you didn't do anything wrong. Okay? This is my same advice. If You end up being questioned by the police. Whether or not you did anything wrong, you don't say anything besides a lawyer. Okay? That's from your attorney, Christopher. (laughs) (laughs) that is free legal advice because what happens to john anderson again unsolved mysteries blows right past it is he got tied up in some legal framework and was still under suspicion by the fbi for i don't know like a decade he's since been cleared but it's like he never went to jail or anything but it's come on
1: yeah yeah
0: don't do that don't do that because what Law enforcement wants is the quickest path from A to B. Don't 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 do that for them. Don't open up your home. Don't start offering details. Don't tell them what you think they want to hear. Ask, "Do you have a warrant?" If not, go away. Two, lawyer. Anyway. Robbie, do we get an update? In this case,
1: uh, we well, we got an update that John Henderson didn't do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, he pretty clearly didn't do it.
1: Yeah, um,
0: um, yeah, I mean, other than that, uh, no, so I was watching this and I was like, something's goofy with this whole story. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm
0: like, dude, probably kidnapped himself.
1: Oh, wow, that's an interesting notion. If he kidnapped himself, why did he call later on? and was like, don't deliver the money. Was was he, do you think in that scenario, was it just that maybe he was getting cold feet or?
0: I think he was getting cold feet. I think he realized a, there had been a witness to whoever he was colluding with mm-hmm. to kidnap himself. So they part of the plan was spoiled there when the kidnapper very, pointedly mentions he lost his crib notes which probably was the plan that grundhoffer handed him here's what you're gonna do (laughs) the jig jig was up at that point
1: i see do you think (laughs) to take this one for a step further do you think john called uh called the police to 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 suggest that john Henderson was the one. <laughs> cuz he then cuz yes. he did identify him in the in the police lineup. I do lineup.
0: think if it wasn't John Gr- Grunhofer himself it was somebody he knew that was like, "Hey, you know, this could be this guy over here." They picked a patsy. Yeah.
1: You know. I just I mean, I I know he picked him out in the lineup, but I just assume that was because mm-hmm. eyewitness testimony is so horribly unreliable Um, Mm -hmm. because i have to admit when they had when they had the reenactor playing john henderson put on the hat i was like that's the guy
0: (laughs) (laughs) i i think yeah this one was pretty fishy
1: okay to me
0: i think dude kidnapped himself
1: yeah that's a very interesting that might that might explain why we never why they never caught the actual kidnapper
0: (laughs) yeah because there wasn't one
1: <laughs> yeah um well okay that was uh that was uh over-
0: i guess that mystery is gonna remain unsolved huh
1: well i guess we solved it crystal do you do you wanna <laughs> do you wanna go from minneapolis to the to the northern california pacific northwest area of the country yeah that area yeah i mean not really
0: this this segment's kind of a huge bummer but it's most of the episode <laughs> so we'll do we it can't really blow past I guess we'll talk this about one. It. yeah we can't really blow past it's the it's the meat and bones of the uh, entire episode that we watched yeah um, okay, so this takes place back in the, uh, let's say, 1986. Back in the 1986 in a town called Willow Creek, California. Um, a family of six uh, lives in a uh, mobile home. Uh, looks like a country road. Yeah. And um, so it's two te- twin teenage daughters. Jill, what's Julie Jill Lily. <laughs> that's not their names. Jill and Julie Hansen are the twins. Um, there are two other older children. One of them, uh, is, uh, Donnie Hanson. Who's staying. He's in his twenties. He's staying with the family, uh, at this time on the couch and Hans and Betty Hansen are the parents. And, um, everyone goes to bed on the night of November 14th, 1986. Uh-huh. Um, whatever. Around 3 a.m., the mother, uh, Betty, wakes up to the smell of smoke, hands her husband, the father, opens the door and sees this, like, trail... Unsolved uh, mystery says, amid the chaos, Hans noticed things that were kind of weird. Like, there was a trail of fire. Yes. So he grabs this fire extinguisher and he's trying to put it out in the reenactment, but, like, it's, like, very clearly an intentional fire. It's not, like you know, someone left the stove on and engulfed the house. It's like someone poured gasoline on the floor, lit it, and there was a trail of fire going um, down the hallway. Uh, So he also tried to get, he went out and uh, outside the house to break the window to get to his twin's bedroom. Um, I think the dog, uh, the dog, Donnie, the other kid, i don't see their kid's name becky i guess uh and the dad all made it out of the house um yeah and they were trying to get the twins out of their bedroom and tried to put the fire out um it was unsuccessful putting the fire out fire trucks eventually arrived at the scene um so of course all the neighbors are up and about at this point and someone notices um a body out in the field near the house and they realized that it's um Julie and Julie was like in the reenactment she's holding her abdomen pretty tightly and there's a lot of blood on her nightshirt and um yeah. she was not burned at all. Uh Betty says that she was trying to determine, you know, if Julie had been burned and she was running back and forth between checking on uh julie and trying to get jill out of the house and i mean so the sad scene jill jill doesn't make it um julie is alive though and she gets taken to a nearby hospital and it turns out when they were doing uh you know the triage on her it she had taken a point blank uh shot from a 12-gauge shotgun which is very suspicious so i mean can you even imagine so she's in the hospital uh so obviously something is amiss here um the the dad claims that he saw the older son donnie saying to someone else who he could not see in the chaos of the fire hey get out of here you gotta go to some other person
1: right i mean when when i first watched the segment for the first time i was a bit confused as a I mean, just as they were confused in the fire, I was confused as I, I thought he, I, I thought originally it was, it was being suggested that he was telling his family to go, but yeah, rewatching it, I guess the suggestion is he, was, he was telling someone else to go. Have I, I haven't mentioned, but the first time I watched this segment, because there was like a couple of things that dragged me out of the room for just a few seconds. So I missed sort of mm-hmm. the, Um, the start of the episode where they're talking about the different, um, the different segments are going to appear. And then I sort of missed the first bit of the segment. So when I came back in, I was under the impression that this was a lost love segment. And it, it wasn't until around this point you know, because you know, they're, they're, they're talking about the kids and, da, 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 and it's like, oh, what kind of weird contemporary thing happened where the kid, this family got separated from each other? I, I guess they're going to have to find these these twin girls. And then, you know, this fire happens is like, whoa, this is uh, this is not usually something kind of thing. We see in a lost love segment. And it wasn't until, you know, they they found the one sister outside across the road you know being shot with a 12 you know a 12 gauge shotgun and even maybe at that point i was kind of thinking oh and the sister the other sister's not there so something happened to mm-hmm. her but wouldn't that be more of a wanted kidnapping you know missing mm-hmm. sort of thing and then, and then i sort of scrolled back in the episode it's like oh wait a second
0: <laughs> yeah this is not this a is lost loves a episode <laughs> well I mean it is a lost love segment
1: well yeah right well, I guess well, I guess any
0: but we know we know where they are yeah uh
1: oh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> really
0: uh, it's a... yeah no I mean this segments this segment's a bummer man like, I don't know it's how a how to... bummer there's the, the, even in the reenactment there wasn't much to find in the way of anything being comic relief or, or anybody really hamming it up i mean no. it's, it's a long segment all of it's terrible it's not that unsolved mysteries that are terrible. it's just like it's like you were saying it's just kind of this is a dateline segment it's like you're telling us a story about a crime and we're gonna get to the end of this and there's gonna be no call to action yeah so it's like okay well so this was tragedy porn why did you tell us this
1: yeah, exactly. It's like one of those episodes of Dateline. It's like, you know, he said this, but she said that. And so mm-hmm. who knows what the truth is? It's like, OK, um, but what well, what do us what, what yes. do we viewers? What are we supposed to do? <laughs>
0: right. So I it's just it's just a bummer.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, it, I, I wouldn't even say this was entertaining. No it's like obviously when there's a ufo segment there's no call to action really unless it's like you happen to be in the area and you also saw the ufo like but it's entertaining Mm -hmm. you know it's interesting i don't think this is any of those things yeah um and it it actually seems pretty a to b here uh anyways so a couple of days later so the next day unfortunately after the the fire is put out they discover jill's body in her bed she would also been shot with a 12-gauge shotgun um you know if this was a different kind of podcast at this point i would start speculating as to why these girls w- were killed um i do have some speculations but i'll wait till we we get towards the end of this okay. uh anyway yada 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 D- donnie comes back uh two days later and there's still like cops at the scene because it's like an active murder Investigation site, and he like tries to break into a window into the uh, mobile home to like quote unquote feed his dog, and the cops are like, you know, your dog's at the neighbors. What do you think? Why are you lying to us? Like, why are you being this dumb? That's it. And Donny's like, I'll I'll know <laughs> I'll know what to do, officer. <laughs> and so they take him in for questioning, and eventually they find out that yeah, Donny had unspent shells from the exact same type of shotgun um in his oh i forgot to mention so there's a warehouse for their logging supply company next to the mobile home Mm -hmm. and at that point the police had already found the murder weapon yeah it was a 12-gauge shotgun the ballistics ended up matching what they found uh in in jill and julie's uh uh wounds and uh so you know, all signs are kind of pointing to Donnie. Donnie had also had receipts from a gas station of filling up two five-gallon gas cans the day before the murders, etc. Now, I am not going to victim blame here. I have no idea what Donnie's motives were. He actually is interviewed. Um, there's a trial and all that. He gets arrested. He gets charged. He gets found not guilty. The reason this goes back on Unsolved Mysteries is because his parents are like, oh, we're pretty sure our son did that shit. and we and obviously he can't be tried again he can't he was acquitted he can't be tried again for it right yeah again what's the call to action here i don't know this sucks you know why did he do it i don't know donnie gets interviewed in shadow and they like mask his voice and stuff he's like because it was a small town he had to like change his name and move away and so unsolved mysteries is hiding his identity but he's like why would i kill my sisters that i loved and i i don't know I don't know what the truth is here. I can only assume it was some sort of like early X-Files episode type situation where the twins had amassed some kind of unstoppable psychic power and Donnie became convinced he was the only one that could stop them from creating some sort of like time space <laughs> rift from their psychic powers. I don't know. Also, that's not what happened. So Chris. that's the only thing I could think of.
1: Crystal, if you could only see on my side of this recording, my head uh-huh. my head was looking off to the right, where I had sort of my notes uh propped it up, you know, as keeping track of things. And as you start to describe this X-Files scenario, if only you could see the uh-huh. way that my head rotated left. <laughs> Uh-huh. T- towards towards my recording mic, which I, uh-huh. I mean you know it's not the source of what you know your voice, but just <laughs> i'm i'm like what wait what what am I hearing <laughs> yes yeah,
0: yeah. I, I mean here's i mean obviously you know who who knows yeah who knows and we're never going to get the truth here and johnny couldn't be tried again well that the, again the, because the, you know the
1: defense put forward what they felt was a pretty airtight scenario where like yeah two uh individuals names unknown motives unknown uh arrive at the house um with the the intent to kill his sisters and naturally mm-hmm. like every killer that they, they didn't bring their own items with them they just sort of rooted around through the cars and were lucky enough to find donny's shotgun and shells and the cans of gasoline that he had filled up for some reason a few days prior <laughs> mm-hmm. and and proceeded uh from there uh mm-hmm. i especially like how the explanation for what happened like is that with, uh, cause you know, with the sister who was still inside the, the home their their mm-hmm. conjecture is while well, like literally everyone else is now outside. One of the killers stayed inside the house that is burning into an inferno mm-hmm. in order to go mm-hmm. back into the room and shoot the other sister. Um, mm-hmm. flawless, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, as you said, there's not really much to make fun of in the reenactments. I did get a little bit of amusement out of um, when they when they were doing the reenactment of the sheriff, you know, questioning Donnie. Uh, they they had the the real sheriff sort of talking about like, well, here's all the things that were going on with them and blah, 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 blah. And he failed a polygraph Twice mm-hmm.
0: twice.
1: He added a d onto the end of twice. <laughs> I guess yeah, to, twice. He failed it. I guess to indicate past tense.
0: <laughs> uh huh.
1: Twice. Twice. Twice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's confusing here for you. Twice. He failed it.
1: Is that a thing?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You can't make an what uh, twice. What is twice? Is that like an adjective? Um, no. Is that an adverb? Is that a? Is it a pronoun? <laughs> is it a gerund? I, I,
1: I wish I, I wish I had paid attention in English class from first. to...
0: All I know. Listen. All I know is that it's not a verb, and only verbs can be past tense.
1: Oh, okay.
0: A noun is you know yeah well i guess an adjective no an adverb
1: well i mean i a noun. Hmm. you know there, there are some proper nouns that that can be past tense uh such as uh when S- such as guarded.
0: well then that's still a <laughs> verb so you've taken a noun and you've made it a verb i'm gonna i'm gonna look it up yeah you but i'm pretty sure like uh yeah so we it's, a, so, it's an adverb adver- yeah but it's not a verb you can't make it you can't make it past tense it's not a
1: thing. okay so th- 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 that that uh, was what Eng- were
0: we talking about th-
1: yeah well we, you, you've been listening to crystal's english corner <laughs> yeah
0: where i i i'm not very good at it apparently
1: <laughs> you were you were running circles around me hmm. yeah anyway uh yeah so again no update we situation was left as is
0: yeah everyone thinks donnie did it though everyone (laughs) everyone and it seems like all the physical evidence really is pointing at him there seems to be some speculation that there might have been like other accomplices Mm -hmm. to what end Like, I don't understand this. There's, like, no motive for this. Other than the, you know, the twin powers were getting too powerful. (laughs) And Donnie felt like he was the only one that could put a stop to it. But that just feels like victim blaming. That can't be right. No, no. No, victim
1: blaming is not right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe he's just a uh, psychopath. Mm -hmm. And I don't even feel like that's... You know, there's all these psychopaths out here that are just not killing anyone they're just living their lives you know it's
1: strange that you mention that because lately i've been working due to the extreme short-handedness at my job uh, i've been working a sort of 3 a.m to noon shift
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh it, it, you know i have several hours at night where i'm alone So I'm just like, I'm going to watch something on YouTube uh, Mm because there's there's nothing happening. And Mm -hmm. I've been watching some. It's it's so strange you mentioned that in the last couple of days, I watched multiple videos about, you know, we're talking with various psychopaths or going about their lives doing. Yeah, doing everyday, you know, living everyday stuff and living their lives. And it's like, oh, this is really interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean not all, not every, hey, hashtag not all psychopaths, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, per- it's
0: a it's a rough break, I think probably.
1: To to be a psychopath,
0: you know. Yeah, you probably don't know what you're missing. Yeah. If you don't That's what experience, guilt or you know, whatever other traits go with psychopathy, but
1: right right because
0: that's interesting i'm i'm interested in the uh the ordinary psychopath
1: oh uh you want, you want me to s- <laughs> what's their life like you know you want me to send you
0: yeah send me the, the links
1: that i was watching sure send yeah, something. yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. I, I would be interested in that okay uh uh listen. <laughs> strangely
1: enough the the, the, <laughs> one, the one i was watching the person they were interviewing was a lawyer uh-huh.
0: so <laughs> oh well isn't that the thing like they say like most CEOs are sociopaths because you have to be one in order to step on enough people to be okay with being at the top. I, Isn't that a thing? I would
1: have to think so. It feels
0: like some, like some pop psychology statistic I saw on the internet or something.
1: Oh, let me tell you, if um, I saw that statistic, I, whatever the number was, I would believe it.
0: I, yeah, but then like, woe is the uh, poor and broke uh, sociopath right you know who can't make it quite to the top for whatever reason yeah um listen i want to take a hard right turn Mm
1: -hmm.
0: right now and actually do a lost love segment can we do that can we get away from this terrible
1: yes the the terrible tragedy
0: (laughs) business the hansons
1: yes let's let's talk about let's talk about finding love
0: yeah in the summer of 55 classic
1: yeah maria uh she's uh what was her deal she was she was in the country for college or school or something but she yeah yeah she she had to spend
0: university in the united states yeah
1: but then she had to work for a year to get the money to go home
0: (laughs) yeah that's right
1: wow um yeah, so she's she's doing the maid work job at a hotel and she runs into like I guess a coworker. And I mean when when I say run into, I mean they literally run into each other. Yeah. just like classic meet cute yeah yeah she yeah. drops all her towels and you know she's like saying oh sorry i wasn't looking where i was going in german and he's like sorry yeah. i wasn't looking where yeah. i was going and they're 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 both getting the towels up and it's like oh yeah you know?
0: and then they like bonk heads <laughs> trying to pick the towels up
1: <laughs> yes um and so then we go from this meeting between maria and what's his name michael seymour at least yeah his time, name at this point point. Uh, to yeah. like, decades later, she's on a walk through the woods with her son, who's in the German Air Force, and she's like, "Hey, uh-huh. I got to tell you something. This ain't going to be easy. Um, your dad, the man, your the man who raised you, isn't your actual father." Your father yeah. is someone I met when I was in the United States. And the son is like, yeah, why haven't... In, insert Pearl
0: Jam's Alive here. It's that song.
1: Oh. I... Kind of. I wish I knew music better. Because
0: well, Alive... That's fine. But alive is more depressing than okay. this
1: story. Yeah. Um, well, I, I don't know. I- that was more of a producer's note. <laughs> I see. Uh Okay. Yeah, you know, I just wanna take a moment to comment because they, they interviewed the real uh-huh. son, right? Yeah. I have to say, if I was the real son and this was the guy they hired to play me in the reenactment, I would be very,
0: hmm.
1: very flattered. Cause yeah. they chose
0: Christoph Bauer is a real ordinary looking dude. And then they hired a Kendall to play him in the reenactment. <laughs> he looks like the he looks like the grown up version of who played the the young Nazi who's Liesl's uh, uh, boyfriend in Sound of Music, like that actor girl. <gasps> oh,
1: wow. Yes, you're right.
0: I'm sure it's not the same guy. No, but, but, but
1: it, it has it s- looks similar. similar appearance. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's a very, I mean, I, I think I've, we've had segments in the past where I've commented about how I felt like the actual person seeing who was portraying them in the reenactment would, would, would have been just incredulous. Like, what? You think I look like yeah. that? But uh, I yeah. imagine for Kristoff, this is like, oh, yeah. yeah,
0: Very nice. Mm, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, so what happened with Michael and Maria? They fell in love.
1: Yeah. They
0: were, uh, you know, playing the, you know, risking it all. Nineteen fifty-five,
1: mm-hmm.
0: boning down, yep.
1: you know. Yep, yep. Don't
0: going to the bone zone.
1: That that thing absolutely
0: getting a, getting a ride on the boner train. I'm out of euphemisms, but anyway.
1: <laughs> out of euphemisms that involve revolve the word bone. You were, they, they were uh
0: <laughs> for now <Yeah. laughs> let's put a pin in that uh so what happens when two people do that usually <laughs> is she gets pregnant of course yes and um she's she doesn't have any money that's why she's working that job um Mm -hmm. and then michael was broke too and then she was like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna keep the baby michael i i love you a lot i think you're great but you're fucking broke i'm going home to germany bye (laughs) see you later is basically what happens and michael's just standing there like what what (laughs) um yeah yeah this was not this was not a case where it was like he like michael was you know trying to duck out of the situation in fact it's maria that ducks out of the situation because she had a better you know social and i I also don't know what the the cultural temperature of germany is in 1955 with a pregnant uh unwed woman i i don't know maybe it was just a gentler situation for her to go home to perhaps maybe the germans were just cooler about it i don't i really don't i have no idea like please someone correct me i don't
1: at the very least she'd be closer to like she some family or acquaintances or something Uh, as opposed to like just Mm -hmm. trying to make it in a completely foreign country um right yeah
0: Yeah. so within a year of uh christoph being born maria marries a college professor so good for her um and then uh yeah then that's who christoph thought who his dad was uh so whenever uh god when did when did maria lay this on her son uh 1983 so since 1983 basically christoph has been looking for his dad he uh, Christoph ends up being stationed in the united states um in 1991 which is how he ends up on american unsolved mysteries uh because he's looking for his dad and he he finds out that uh, his dad had written a couple of letters which his mom had given to him in 1983 which were glowing and there had been a correspondence for a little while, at least between his mom and dad. And, um, you know, Michael, Michael Seymour seemed genuinely interested in wanting to see his son again and being part of his life. But of course, you know, this wasn't like, since 1955, you can't just get on FaceTime. (laughs) You know (laughs) what I mean? It's like, it's a different time. And eventually they kind of lost touch. Uh, does, uh, find out though, in the United States, um, his mother had a cousin who Michael kept in touch with for over twenty years, if you can believe that. And so Michael would call the cousin and get regular updates on Christoph and Maria and just see how their life was. Um, but eventually, uh, Michael moved away uh, because Michael was they. So Michael was Canadian. Yes. Maria was German, but they met in the United States. So there's a little. There's some border an agency stuff here that kind of gets uh confusing um so yeah Kristoff wants to find his dad
1: oh boy and, i feel like robbie uh, need... is
0: here. an update
1: <laughs> i feel like we need some sort of special noise for when we get an episode where there's no updates on any of the segments
0: yeah is there connor is there just a noise of a a balloon slowly releasing its air.
1: <laughs> uh, I think that's appropriate here. That, that would, I, I suppose that would, that, that does a pretty good job of conveying the, like the emotional feels mm-hmm. when, once you get through all the, all three mm-hmm. of these segments. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a, we had a potentially staged kidnapping that doesn't get resolved horrible murder and arson situation that doesn't get solved
0: which it's
1: kind of solved well yeah but uh i mean rather that was
0: the dateline segment it's like here's the crime that happened here's the guy we're pretty sure that did it
1: uh but uh but i mean rather justice wasn't served um
0: justice was not served and then the mystery is where's the justice (laughs) yes (laughs) okay
1: uh and then uh and, and that's strange considering everyone thought he did it like the law enforcement was also like, it'd be one thing if yeah. it, this it wasn't one of those segments where it was like, you know, they found some easier person to try to prosecute and they were just going with that. Mm-hmm. It, it was just like, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, uh, we, find uh, Michael, I guess his real name was Joseph. Something Seymour Joseph
0: J- Joseph Anthony
1: Seymour. S- yeah.
0: yeah. W- also, why was the dad using an alias? That was kind of weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, that kind of just gets thrown in there at the very end. Um, yeah. No update. Uh, I'm kind of excited about the next episode that we're we're gonna watch because.
0: Yeah, the next. I I don't think we should tease it too much, but it looks like it rules. It's. I mean, the reenactment alone. I think we're gonna get with this. Uh oklahoma prison escape
1: it looks it looks action-packed the,
0: it looks it looks great yeah i'm so excited yeah
1: and if you want to be kept in in the loop about when that episode drops uh well it's gonna it's gonna drop two weeks after people are listening to this one but people if you're it. unaware of that fact you can always <laughs> <laughs> go to reenacted pod uh at twitter or uh, you know send us an email uh reenactedpod uh-huh. at gmail.com uh follow us sure on can. facebook reenacted podcast fans um and uh go 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 to yeah. wherever you can review podcasts and say something nice about us and leave five stars or if you yeah. if you want to say something nasty you, know, you just don't or i mean yeah. i guess if you want to say something nasty but you give us five stars, I feel like I would take that.
0: That's fine. Yeah. Hey, write whatever you want in the body of that review.
1: Yeah, that, that, that to me, to me that's kind of that that comes across as actual like constructive criticism, right? Mhm. Five stars, yeah. but you mm-hmm. sit but you say what's wrong with it. So so you're not
0: Yeah, I'm, and I think one of the things that's wrong with it is both of the hosts refuse to yes and each other and we'll step all over each other's segues.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess. Wait, is that an actual review someone's put?
0: No, that's just an observation I have after 108 episodes of doing this <laughs> podcast with you. Is that? We will just leave. We'll just leave each other out in the cold. I f- uh you know and maybe that's not for everyone. Maybe people want a polished, you know, a couple of polished uh, improvisers or celebrities talking about stuff. And my promise to you is that Robbie and I will never pick up each other's jokes. Um we will always laugh at them. Uh we'll do clumsy segues. Uh and we'll never solve any of these crimes. That's my pro- that's the that's the reenacted promise to you the listener
1: i i feel uh, i feel kind
0: of we'll leave you unfulfilled every single time i feel
1: kind of bad because i think it's like what 99.7 percent of the time i'm the one who's leaving you out cold on the on the jokes um
0: no there's been plenty of times where you're making a reference and i have no idea what the hell you're talking about so i just go yeah <laughs> great <laughs> uh, totally
1: <laughs>
0: um but i i there's i just don't know <laughs> Gotcha. But the thing is, like, I figure somebody out there does know Mm -hmm. just because I don't. Yeah. You know, they're 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 picking up what you're putting down in those instances. I don't want to, you know, that's not it's not nice to be like, Robbie, I don't know what you're talking about, even when I don't. And it's okay. You'll never know what those times are.
1: I, I I (laughs) appreciate that, that (laughs) I have a a relationship with my co-host that that is built on this kind of candor um Uh uh-huh yeah so
0: are we fighting now
1: (laughs) no oh no no. oh i swear
0: oh no i I didn't mean i didn't mean to beat is that too honest no no.
1: it's not it's not oh god
0: oh god the podcast is canceled it's terrible no we'll be back in two weeks probably i think
1: yeah yeah that that next segment looks way too awesome to to pass up so no
0: we'll, we'll be back yeah and we'll and we'll blow it on that episode (laughs) hey robbie would you mind doing the thing
1: for every mystery there's someone somewhere who knows the truth perhaps that person is watching perhaps it's you